October 31st. Podcast hosts. It is his birthday. 30, what? Three? 33. Wow. That was a good guess by me. It's, yeah, you're um, way off. Huh? I said you're usually way off. I know. I usually, I don't know. I usually think you're older. I don't know. Uh, I'm the cat. Hashtag nine lives. Host of the Northside Story podcast. I'm still in my tiny ass apartment here in Mission Via Hill. We'll throw back from the original episodes. I'm here with Mr. Birthday himself, the commish, Alan and the Chipmunks owner, Jake. Jake, how are you doing? Good. I had a nice, relaxing day, weekend with fam. Um, yeah, overall, good birthday. Thank you, everyone in the league that sent some well wishes. Um, so I appreciate it. But yeah. Um, would have been nice if your birthday present to me was a dud by your team, but we'll get into the matchup of the week as Blake was the highest point scorer and and had- again. Oh no, you 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 dominated last weekend. Yeah, yeah, easy there. Well, I mean, I'm just excited. I'm excited. Back to back wins. I didn't think my team could do it, but uh, we got our matchup. Matchup of the week. Got all the matchups. Fucking, I don't even want to talk about rum runners again. Another stupid. Stupid outing by him, and it's week eight. Week eight is in the books. I think we got one more week, and then it's all screwed up now with the weeks that we're halfway through the season almost. Yeah, we're, so it's, it, it's basically halfway um, with it yeah. being in the middle of, of week eight and nine right now. Um, yeah, with the NFL adding on that extra week a few years back. But, yeah, we're, we're looking at halfway through the season. And um, still kind of bunched up in that four to, let's say, seven or eight seed in our league, which always makes it exciting. You're, you're listening to two of those teams that are in that spot. So, uh, yeah, an entertaining last few weeks before we start getting into playoff mode. Entertaining last few weeks, but entertaining episode. So let's get it down to the matchup, Jake. You ready? Let's do it. First matchup, Law Dogs, two and six with the win over Steph. House Targaryen, who's now three and five, 136.78. Wasn't feeling good Sunday morning. Just had a headache. I don't know what it was. And uh, so I kind of woke up late, got out of bed late. Jake, check my phone late. I remember like waking up. I remember like what one moment, like five minutes before the game started. I'm like, oh crap, did I even set my lineup? But uh, everything worked out. But then I get all these text messages, text messages from Steph. Who do, do do I start? Uh, Patrick Mahomes this week? Why? And what am I the therapy couch for this league? I know that I offer opinions, but I didn't respond during time. She went with Patrick Mahomes. She's worried uh, about the snow that or the weather that was in Denver in this matchup. And uh, I responded to Steph maybe like forty five minutes after. Like Steph, like we're competitors. I'm not going to give you these free advice yep. and um, I'm competing with you for a playoff spot. So I'm glad I didn't, I'm glad I didn't help her out. I mean, even if she would have made that decision going into, uh, going into the last game of the weekend, there was a chance because Phil had so many Detroit lions. So like if she would have made the change Dak for Patrick Mahomes, put her at one-on-one like there, yeah, she probably could have been, Hey, anything can happen, but I'm glad I didn't respond. Because I need her to at least points to sink down. And a 78 
78 points literally just coming off the back of Austin Eckler. There's just nothing good to talk about with her team this week. Just bad, bad offense all around. Cooper Cup, surprisingly. Uh, Adam Thielen continues to produce. But you're going you know, kind of pedestrian points with uh, DJ Moore, seven. I don't know. I don't know what type of confidence she had in him. Uh, I know after the first week, the guy played great, but you were very high on the both defenses this up uh, this matchup between the uh, Bears and the Chargers. And I don't know what a what a rough weekend for Steph. Yeah, I just looking at her lineup. We've like you've said, we've been really high on a lot of these players. Um, but yeah, a weird game out of Cooper Cup. Nothing really at all from him. Ramondre Stevenson. We've seen the Miami Dolphins defense get ran all over. Um, the way that 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 game played out, he probably he should have had more than six points, fantasy wise. <coughs> Austin Eckler did all of his damage um, catching the ball. Once again, fifteen carries for twenty nine yards. Uh, so you know, that's all well and great against a really bad defense when it comes to catching seven catches for 94. Majority of that was in the first quarter. Um, and then they basically just kind of second half, nothing really to write home about about that, uh, about the Chargers offense. But yeah, just a bad week. Um, Patrick Mahomes um, had some tummy troubles as well. Um, he had the flu Saturday, I guess, going into Sunday. So it's one of those where, I don't know, it's it's hard to really, of course, fault, you can't fault Steph really starting Mahomes. Um, and, and for her, it didn't really make a difference in this matchup, but it's always important to get points. Um, but yeah, I, I think this week was by far more about her opponent than her team in general. Yeah, you mentioned Austin Eckler, and he had a big outing, but I want to make sure everyone that listens to this know we were down on Austin Eckler because of the rush defense. Rush defense came home, and they stopped them. So we were right. Uh, talk about tummy issues, especially with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, perceived tummy issues coming into Monday Night Football with Amar Ossie Brown. He got mm-hmm. knocked with an illness um, after Sunday. So – I had him in another league. He was my last guy left, and I needed, like, three points. So I was, like, definitely looking into that matchup and seeing if he was going to go. He was in. Still spectacular. Hitting the fantasy points. He uh, he didn't have a crazy amount of catches and targets this time. So six or nine, more explosive plays, 18 yards per reception. That's the most set and forget it guy. Uh, creeping back into that set and forget it, Jamar Chase. That offense has been picking up. Big victory against the Niners this past weekend. We talked about Niners. You can you can throw it. I mean, the last three weeks and this skid that they're in right now, they're just a lot of offense is getting put on them. Jameer Gibbs, twenty seven points. Uh, I don't. I don't. I'm. I don't know what to say about this one because going up against Las Vegas. I mean, this is me. Preaching to the choir with Deontay Foreman last week in this matchup against Las Vegas. This is a bad, bad Raiders rush defense team. So, uh-huh. Jameer Gibbs, overall talent, starting off, starting off at the beginning of the year, it wasn't about talent, it was about uh, opportunities. And you're getting plus opportunities with the amount of talent he has against Las Vegas. And it has just been a sleeve of a defense all year. Perfect yeah. recipe. I don't, I, I don't know if we talked about it that much with him in this outing because. 
one of those after the fact. You're like, no, duh, dude. The situation matches up for him uh, plus defense. But I, uh, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm surprised by this big outing. And I'm also surprised by the low outing uh, C.J. Stroud in that Carolina match. Just a gross game. Baki's bets had an eye on that game. So I know you were all over it. But uh, yeah, those are the two. C.J. Gibbs, uh, one high, one low. What do you like about uh, Law Dogs this past weekend? I mean, there's everyone, to be honest. I mean, Kenneth Walker went into last uh, last week kind of banged up. He had an in- injury designation pretty much the entire week and then was cleared to play. And that game, I mean, Cleveland has a very good defense and good rush defense, so I'm not too surprised that Kenneth uh, struggled. But everyone else on Phil's team scored more than it looks like about 12 points or so. Um, both tight ends chipped in. Sam Laporta had a nice game. Um and, you know, Phil finally got a defense and a kicker that worked out for him. Um, and, yeah, those are two two big, um, you know, outings for that because that, that adds up. That is a nice little 27-point boost to Phil's team, a team that's kind of struggled to find points sometimes throughout the course of their week and their matchups. Um, so, yeah, uh, the CJ Stroud I'm, I'm not too concerned about. Um, I mean, it was coming off a bye week. You'd have liked to see him get a little bit um, more. That was just a very kind of slacky game offensively for both teams, both rookie quarterbacks going up against one another. Um, There's never really got, you know, anything, no rhythm on either side. Um, Jamar Chase, uh, both of us were very high on um, the Bengals this week, and we thought that they would have a good – um, a game against the Niners. Uh, we saw that the Niners' pass defense was pretty shoddy the last couple of weeks, and they've kind of struggled in general. <coughs> so not too much of a surprise there um, for Jamar, and he's kind of gotten back in. And it definitely looks like Joe Burrow has gotten, um, you know, I don't know about fully healthy, but, you know, pretty close to fully healthy and ready for the, for the stretch run of the season. So, Phil has has his good players. We've talked about this, and you know he still has someone like Devon A. Chain that's on the IR. Um, that's probably when he comes back. He can got get, Sam Howell on the bench too. Jesus. Yeah, uh, Sam Howell's yeah Sam Howell's been a pretty good uh, fantasy quarterback this year. He's number eight right now. He has been up and down. Um, there are some weeks, you know. I mean, you're looking at one against Buffalo where he had less than a point and played the entire game. Not that he got hurt. He literally played the entire game. He got a game that he has less than ten points, but this past week it looks like he is—he's very comfortable playing the Eagles because two of his best games, it seems like this year, have been against the Eagles. Um, but Phil, once again, his the lack of, I think, depth really hurts him because I—I know that like Jamar is on um, a bye or has already played on his bye, but next week, this is one that just pops in my mind. He has all of his Detroit players on buys. So um, Sam Laporta, Jameer, and Ahmad Ra. And I don't believe A-Chain is going to be back for next week. So you're looking at having to fill both a running back, a wide receiver, and a flex spot. And if you look at his bench, there is nobody on there. That nobody. I'm in any of those three spots. So um, I think we looked and I believe he plays Sam next week. So that's going to be an interesting matchup because we'll get into Sam's matchup in a little bit. Um you know, two teams that have kind of struggled to to find consistency over the season. 
Law Dogs two and six gets the win. House Targaryen drops two, three, and five. Whether you like it or not, no matter how many points you score, you will lose by one point when you're going up uh, going up against the Run Runners. Run Runners gets the win 104.86 over Team Mercier, 104.02. The difference of 0.84 points separates this matchup. Run Runners continues this streak of just skating by and um, – and it, it wasn't one of those situations where it was like he picked up a, like a pick six, like late in the game, like late in like Monday night. Um, Cause he was in the driver's seat and there's nothing more scary than heading into a Monday night football or just like you have a big 10 AM window with like, you know, projections, even though we always talk about projections, who cares? But we look at the projection that's like one fifty, and then you just see it slowly ticking down, ticking down, ticking down to the point where, um, where the point where you had Devontae Adams going up against Lions uh, defense for Monday Night Football in this matchup. And the Lions were, Lions were active on defense. Uh, I believe they had a pick. No, they had some other big play because they have 13 uh, interception and six sacks. And your CNT versus Ace points climb. Run Runners is watching, just begging Devontae Adams gets into the play. Yeah. And it's trickling down and down to the point where it got. And it, it's insane. It's insane that it came down to just that on Monday Night Football. I text message chain between us and the group chat. Uh, a little bit, it's a little bit more quiet. It's happens. It's week eight, it's week nine out of everyone's completely locked in the entire year, uh, whether it's their favorite team or their fantasy football matchup or their fantasy football teams and such. They set the lineup, check it every now and then, and then come Monday, they think they have to win, then they're checked out. But, yeah, I'm surprised not. I mean, even for us, we had no idea of this. We got on to well, record. Uh, we're like, I'd chalk it up to the sports equinox that happened yesterday as, yeah. um, as every major sport uh, had games going. Um, you know, so I'll chalk it up to that because I wasn't even, I mean, I didn't necessarily have anything going on regarding our matchup because I had already lost. So I wasn't even paying attention to Monday night. Um, and I didn't really look at the scores until, until basically when before we jumped on. So yeah, I, I think, uh, uh, it's, it's incredible that, um, Nick has done this again just because it, it makes no sense. This is three straight weeks now um, that he um, has <laughs> that he has came back and won. Um, well, not even come back and won, but just had these matchups. I, I've never seen anything like this. Um, I it's, 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 I'm, I'm kind of speechless right now. Just basically three straight wins than less with less than two points in, in that kind of range. So talking about Nick's team though, I mean, I will say some, some bad luck regarding the Kirk cousins injury. Uh, Cause he looked good throughout <coughs> the first half going into the third quarter. I believe he got injured in the third quarter, uh, maybe early fourth. 
but tough for Nick because it looked like he kind of found a quarterback finally. Um, and now Kirk is out. Now Baker Mayfield played a good game on Thursday, but I'm not sure if Nick is going to really want to run out Baker on a on a week to week basis. Um, he's Deshaun Watson is still hurt. You know, this there's some question marks there. Travis Etienne continues to be an absolute monster, um, just touchdown machine, and it's it's crazy to see him kind of um, not necessarily overperform, but like hit what everyone expected him to do. I feel like last year, um, and now he's kind of coming to his own this year, and and he's a monster in himself. Everybody else, pretty much, uh, Michael Pittman, you know, was up. A little bit more part of the offense, but you're still looking at. He did have eight catches and 13 targets, um, but once again, Gardner Minshew is just kind of uh, frustrating to watch in the sense of, um, of of quarterback play. So that's been tough. Devonte Smith had a, a finally had a bounce back week. Um, that Washington, we talked about this. The Commanders secondary is just god awful. <coughs> so then. Really, they them and um, there's another defense that's been really bad. Um, it's just been crazy to watch um, them struggle. Um, every single game, it seems like, that they play, they give up just all these points to the opposing wide receivers. So always plug in wide receivers that go up against the commanders. But everybody else on Nick's team, you know, I, I have a feeling if you were to ask him if he would expect more out of Aaron Jones, I'm sure he uh, is pretty disappointed in Aaron Jones. Not that Tony Pollard has been any better, um, but Aaron Jones has just not been very effective, and that offense is just not getting into the red zone or the end zone. And so um, you're looking at a team that's kind of struggled a bit. But once again, Nick survives somehow, some way, um, and to that 6-2 and two record, you know, a win is a win. But still, you know, I'm sure if you were to ask him, he would. I mean, I remember the beginning of the season, he was very much like, yeah, it'd be nice to, you know, be top of the league with these fantasy scores. Well, the last three weeks have been right around this number or maybe a little bit less than that. Um, And I'm sure he's just he's not, you know, too happy with his team's performance so far. Over the course of the last three games, Rum Runners has won by a combined two point three points insane insane two point and that comes off of this matchup was 0.8 and another matchup he won earlier this this year at 0.4 i just don't get it dude i don't get it um what i do get though unfortunately with team mercier um john smith we were all i think the world was excited to see atlanta starting to throw that ball and get their tight ends involved, get Drake London involved. But um, the world was excited to watch Desmond Ritter play football. I no, it. no, but I think the world was excited for guys like Drake London and Kyle Pitts to like get to show off the talented, uh, talented tight end wide receiver that they are. So it's cool seeing some offense in Atlanta, but that can crash down to earth. Not only uh, Desmond Ritter is <laughs> crashing down to earth. But uh, the rise of the Green Lizard, uh, Heineke, mm-hmm. and I don't, I, I don't think that changes anything. I think Desmond Renner's back in there next week. Uh, no, I, I think that does change a good amount. Yeah, you think Desmond, Desmond Ritter is not an NFL quarterback? We've seen mm-hmm. Taylor Heineke at least win some games with the Commanders. Yeah, um, and I think 
Taylor Heineke, although, I mean, it's not like Desmond Ritter takes care of the ball. The guy turns the ball over two to three times a game. It's insane. Um, so I, I would not be surprised if if he is someone that just kind of rides the bench the rest of the year, and I, I can see them using draft capital to try and, and pick uh, one of the good quarterbacks coming out of college this year. Yeah, 1.8. I mean, we talk about the tight end landscape, and that's it's funny. We, we had both tight ends. The Atlanta Titans in this matchup uh, with Kyle Pitts going five, John Smith having a one point eight. Tight, tight end, streaming a tight end stuff. You never know which one to get. Uh, you're pretty much if you're struggling at the tight end spot every week in the uh, fantasy waiver wire. You're seems like you're going after a guy that just had a big week last week, trying to ride the hot hand, and then you get these duds. John Smith is in that category. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I'm not saying that Heineke is less than Desmond Ritter. I he's much better than that. I still just worry system and the system in general is going to bog down um, the passing. This is the passing offense, Kyle Pitts and Drake London. So that's my kind of if on that. Alexander Madison, another 3.8. I feel like when you get these close matchups and you lose, it's not what the good guys did, it's what the bad guys did. And Alexander Madison is literally the baddest of all guys. Right, 26. Cam Akers continues to be involved. Uh, Cam Akers rolled in for a touchdown in this matchup. And I just don't know how you can go. I just don't I don't know how Alexander Madison is a go. And I know hindsight's 2020, and Zach Moss is on the bench this past week. Zach Moss, uh, 11 carries, 60, 66 yards, still incredibly efficient on the ground with his touchdown. I remember texting Jake. Um remember texting Jake when the Zach Moss touchdown went in and uh, just letting letting him know as a Jonathan Taylor owner that he is still playing on the Colts and I this can't be a decision uh, anymore Alexander Madison cannot be in the starting lineup at all Yeah, I know David Montgomery's hurt and yeah of course there are questions about um, his involvement in that backfield and I, even I said it because I think I said last week um, when we were talking about matchups, I think I said, this is Jonathan Taylor's show now. And even you push back. Like, no, Zach Moss is still good. Uh-huh. Still going to be in that backfield. And while they're sleeve on defense, Zach Moss is still going to be involved. He's still going to be getting that 10 to 12 targets and or 12 touches. And he's just highly efficient. And Alexander Madison is just not. Even if you're getting 15 targets or you're getting 15 carries, 16 carries, for 31 yards, 1.9. It's he hasn't had one point or a one yard um, average at all this season. Two point, but you're still getting 2.4, 3.3, 3.1, 3.5. He still hasn't rushed in a rushing touchdown. Yep. And there's sometimes there's just bad luck. Like you watch games and you'd be like, I like it's on the one yard line and they ran into the blocker or their blocker got blown up. Like those you you see and if you know that they're like good football players, you're like, they get that chance again, they're going to punch it in. Uh Alexander Madison has had a lot of opportunity near the goal line, red zone, and he just is is not efficient. He is not good. And I just just cannot, in good faith, put him in a start. He is Najee Harris level for me. That no no matter what you see on the field or no matter, like, the specific situations that a team is like constantly in as 
obviously Minnesota's a high-scoring offense. Now things are going to change with the addition of Josh Dobbs. But Alexander Madison has never been a part of that this year. He got one fluky, um, one fluky receiving touchdown. Uh-huh. He should never be in a starting lineup. Uh-huh. Yeah, I agree. I, I've banged on the drum with Alexander Madison not being a fantasy football or even NFL starting caliber running back since about week two, week three. Watching him play, I have him in another league that he just sits on my bench now because I don't think he's, uh, I don't think that's ever going to come um, with him being efficient in fantasy. Um, but I definitely do believe that Zach Moss is going to continue to get 10 to 15 carries a game and split time with Jonathan Taylor. Um, and most of that is because Gardner Minshew can't really hold on to the ball. So I think having that rush, uh, they'll have the offense kind of flowing through both of the running backs and both of them have shown that they can run the ball efficiently. So yeah, I, I think Zach Moss is someone that you have to plug in as that RB two going forward until David Montgomery, um, is healthy. And same thing. I, everything sounds great after the math, but I know she picked up Taysom Hill and Taysom Hill is on the bench. He's in hell put up 21 points. Taysom Hill should be in this line instead of John Smith. I mean, at least like if you'd rather have fun during the weekend, like you're always Taysom Hills. And we've, we've had these like, like even Taysom last Hill's year. always good. Ever since he's come into the league and played in worth fantasy, he's always had a two to three week stretch where he puts up a good amount of points and everyone buys into him just for him, for you to start playing him and then come crashing down to earth and he's unplayable the rest of the season. I, I, I will say though, I think, I think if you're trying to get a helmet, maybe this is the week, honestly, for Sam, if none of her, Two other tight ends come off IR this week, Zach Ertz, Pat Fryermuth, and you just got a 1.8 outing, and now you have Taysom Hill. I know there's been so many weeks where you pick him up, you think it's the big sexy play, but it seems like when I watch Saints games, and unfortunately I'm watching a lot of Saints games, <laughs> it seems like he is getting the ball and uh, like a lot more, especially with – Derek Carr being hurt and being injured through some parts of the year. End zone or a red zone, he always has the ball. Uh-huh. We're looking at carry counts, nine, five, one, three, four, four, nine, three. And that's usually his sweet spot. And they're not they're not just using him on like these gimmick gadget plays. Like they have him out there a lot. So yeah. I I think it was a joke last year. But I think there's actual uh, consideration this year. Like three years, four years, though. It's been going yeah. a long time. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I do agree with you to an extent because, you know, Taysom Hill's been in the league for a, a quite a while. I think ever since Drew Brees was was playing. Um, or maybe maybe towards um, – who was in the middle of Drew Brees? Has it always been Drew Brees and Jameis? Was there someone in the middle of that? I don't remember. Oh, yeah. But I feel like that I've seen Andy Dalton. Yeah, there's been guys that like, oh, Taysom. It's the quarterback controversy. You got Taysom yeah. out there now, um, and so he's always been that gadget guy. Um, and yeah, there are times I think I, I know Sean Payton had him because they were like close. He was like, he's the most talented football player I've ever seen. It's just like relaxed guy. Like he's good, but it's not like he is some like MVP type caliber player. Um, but 
yeah, I agree with you. With Derek Carr kind of struggling throughout the season, and especially in the red zone, um, and kind of having another weapon, if they're going to put an injury des- or uh, a player position designation for Taysom Hill as tight end, and with tight ends being so hard to come by, um, yeah, I, I, why not play him instead of, of course, if you have John Smith, I'd rather play Taysom Hill than John. Well, even if she would have played Taysom Hill and she would have added on that 21 extra points, we probably would still be adding points to run runners because that's just the way it goes. Because he's always winning by less than a point. And he does that again this week. Rum Runners goes to six and two. Team Mercier goes to three and five. Peter Robinson's three and five, eighth place, but gets the win. Crawling himself out of bottom half of the league, 117 over QB Sneaks. 100 flat, goes to four and four, fourth place. 500 on the season, but. Um, did we jinx QB Sneaks here, Jake? Because he was the team that we were both fired up about heading into this stretch of games and him joining the uh, upper echelons of, like, Fitch. Uh, Rum Runners, notorious as one of these hot teams. But believe back-to-back weeks he lost? Or... Yeah, back-to-back, because I believe... Did he lose to... Was he one of the ones that succumbed to Nick in a close score? Let's look at week eight really quick. Um, week eight, or sorry, week seven. Um, I, I yeah, Shane has lost. Um, to sh- no, he beat Team Mercier, so I believe he's lost two of his last three weeks. Um, yeah, House Targaryens week seven. Seven, yeah. So he's lost two of his last three. Um, still very high on a Shane's team, but there are some question marks with it, and it comes down to just who is he gonna play. Um, week to week, and it's most likely going to be based off of matchups. But sometimes matchups um, and having good players. We talked about this uh, sometimes with some weeks with my team and just trying to figure out who I should start. Um, and then I remember last year with Steph having a couple of good players on her bench and who she should pick there. Um, but yeah, looking at a Shane's team. Having a CD Lamb on the bench, especially when he drops 35 points, is tough because you look at a Shane's team and there are good players across the board. You're never gonna you're never gonna put Christian McCaffrey on the bench. You're not gonna put Keenan, who started the year off super hot, but kind of cooled off a little bit here and there. Um, last four weeks, he's had one good week against the Cowboys, where he had 18 points, but the other three weeks having less than 11. And then you look at Puka, who's kind of been up and down. Um, a really good week in week seven against the Steelers, but <clears throat> kind of sandwiched in between those are two weeks with uh, less than six points. And that has kind of been since uh, Cooper Cup has came back as well. Um, and then Brees Hall. Brees Hall has shown that um, he is a running back that needs to be in starting lineups only because he does both. Um not only does he get rushing touchdowns, but he's kind of been that screen um, that screen guy where he caught six catches for 76 yards. I believe his touchdown was like a 50-yard uh, play. So he had – that was the was the most of the numbers. And there's one guy that I haven't touched on, and that's because I believe that this player is the one that needs to be put to the bench. Now, Raheem Mostert, who has shown this year that because uh, the Dolphins move the ball so efficiently – touchdowns um you know are of course what gets you the most points 
but he's very touchdown dependent, meaning he's not going to get you, uh, you know, he, he's had two games where he's had over 100 yards, but there are some games in here that are just stinkers. And you're looking at a Buffalo, seven carries for nine yards. First game against the Chargers, it was 10 carries for 37 yards. Um, and even the last two weeks, you know, nine for 45, which is not bad. Efficiency is five yards gain. And then 13 for 46 this past weekend. So the the receptions have kind of dropped off a little bit as well. Last two weeks, he's had one catch for six yards and, and no catches for no yards. So um, he is someone that I believe going forward, I would put on the bench and move Brees up to the second RB slot and start uh, CD Lamp. Now it, it is also matchup dependent. Perhaps if Brees is going up against, you know, a top rush defense, um, then perhaps you make that switch. If, if Raheem is going up against a, with a juicy matchup, um, you know, against the Raiders or something like that, uh, definitely go with Raheem. But, yeah, Shane has, still has a lot of talent on his team. Um, I just think think it's gonna get it's gonna come to one of those moments where you're like, okay, who who do I start here? Like, where where do I need to go? Um, and sometimes those mis- those decisions, like the one on this past weekend, kind of come back to bite you. It always stinks too when you have like um, excess assets on your team because you get frustrated because when you lose matchups like this one that he did, you you look at kind of holes in your team that you can't fill with this excess. Uh-huh. Tight end, Darren Waller. I know he got knocked out early in that game. Injuries suck. They're gonna they're gonna happen. Yeah. But um, as a whole, uh, Darren Waller has only had three weeks out of the first eight where he scored above ten points. Uh-huh. Uh, that has consistently been a weakness in his team. Um, something that he's tried to adjust, but when you have Dalton Schultz on the bench and you get these just poor, poor outings like you get in Houston. Um, it's not going to help you. He only had 1.5. Dalton Schultz really hasn't been that much more consistent, but when we're looking at heading heading into this match and coming off of, coming off of a bye, he knocked out uh, three back-to-back 10-point weeks. So and I will say that's that not only Darren Waller exited the game, and it didn't really matter because he, he left, but Tyrod Taylor being hurt now, he talked about how we think – Tyrod's going to use his tight ends as kind of the, as the focal point in the offense. Well, now you got some guy named Tommy DeVito starting, starting, and who knows how long Darren Waller is out. I don't know if it's going to be a day-to-day, week-to-week. I haven't really looked into that injury report. But, yeah, I'd be kind of concerned um, going forward for Shane. And, like, Dalton Schultz has had his weeks, um, but Darren Waller – you know, there was a little bit of that excitement on a Shane's team. It's like, oh, okay, maybe this this tight end spot, which has been the weakness of my team this entire season, uh, is coming around. But not exactly sure what he's getting uh, going. And, he, and it's sad because you can't even like be optimistic about the eventual return of Daniel Jones because that chemistry so far has just not been yep. fruitful by any stretch of the imagination. So, yeah, all in all. Um, Brock Purdy made a surprising recovery, and that was a good start for him, 18 points. To me, uh, Shane's kind of in the spot right now, 4-4, four four, that it seems getting these losses, especially against kind of a beatable opponent that we thought coming into this matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, 100 points isn't bad. You look at teams uh, like Steph, we talked about in an earlier matchup, 78. Those kind of sink you. And we're getting to the later part of the season where we're, what? We're going into week nine. We have 14 weeks, so five weeks left. It's going to start getting tight, and while this stinks of a matchup loss for him, it obviously stinks. You're leaving points on the bench like CD. 
Um, he's got guys to maybe weather the storm through his next couple five windows that he's going to have. Uh-huh. And 100 points isn't that bad. I mean, it's not it's not that bad. I still like his team overall. I think there's always going to be questions with Darren Waller, but uh, he, I mean, plenty of options. I don't never know when the trade deadline is. I think you told me last episode. I already forgot. So maybe there's something that he can do uh, to address that tight end room because he's he's got assets to trade. Yeah, um, you know we talked about this every single week. Phil never wants to trade, but he's got two good tight ends that yeah. I know. Phil could probably, record. Phil could probably, you know, even this week, like he he has. I mean, not that Laporta, I guess, is is kind of you're not going to want Sam Laporta this week, but maybe going forward, if Shane's comfortable starting Dalton Schultz this week and then taking Laporta for the rest of the season, and perhaps Phil could get a running back like. Um, you know, even like a Raheem if, if he wanted to, because he has a chain as well. So at least he has one of those two. We know Phil loves handcuffs. So yeah, ultimate uh, handcuff. Baby. Um, but uh, let's head over to Phillips's team, Meet the Robinsons. Um, we're looking at a team that kind of came back a little bit this week. Um, you know, had a lot of like he just had a good amount of chunk like points. You're looking at Bijan finally got it in the end zone, twelve points. You're looking at Terry McLaurin, fourteen. Dalton Kincaid, fifteen. Calvin Ridley finally had more than ten. Um, <clears throat> and then having a you know defense and a kicker that combined for twenty one. Um, and this is all well and good, but there's one player I do want to talk about that we wrote off um, and deservedly so because I don't think that this player really showed anything to be excited about besides one week against the Colts. Um, but that's DeAndre Hopkins. Um, DeAndre Hopkins has, it seems like DeAndre has finally, finally has a quarterback um, that can throw to him as Will Levis stepped in on Sunday and DeAndre scored three touchdowns, I believe. Correct. Not yes. Four. Three, three touchdowns off of four catches. Yeah, three touchdowns out of four catches, and a couple of those were kind. Of, I think one of them was a nice pass, and he kind of ran it. But the other two were like bombs, and they were like nice throws. And um, you know that's what we've seen from DeAndre the last um, last you know decade. It seems like that he's played is that he is just he's a vertical threat. He's intermediate. He's short route. Like he can do everything. Um, he just needs a guy that actually can hit him, uh, throw him the ball. So it's finally, I'm, you know, I've been killing off fantasy teams. I've been putting them in the graveyard. Ryan Tannehill, you are forever a backup quarterback from this moment forward. I would be so surprised if any NFL team going forward starts Ryan Tannehill in the future. Um, just grab your clipboard, buddy, and just ride the pine. You can make have a very successful career, such as Chase Daniel, um, Chad Henney. Those guys um, got tons of money, just kind of. Easton Stick. Yeah, Easton Stick, holding the clipboard and just kind of hanging out. Ryan Tannehill, you are the next backup quarterback. It's not like that jarring of a proclamation. But one uh, one other guy I want to touch on, Darrell Henderson, back on the practice squad already, back to back weeks he's done that. But. The only thing that I'm interested about is the highly coveted role of the Rams running back room that when Kyron left, it felt like, well, especially for Steph's team, uh, her losing out that big play availability, that 
we talk about everyone getting brought in the Zach Evans and then they signed Jarrell, they signed Royce. Uh, a team that I had questions marks with the running back when Bijan was going through that slump and he kept rolling out Brian Robinson, uh, even in a horrible matchup where they got absolutely destroyed by Dallas. Rams have been up most of their games. They got a good running game and back-to-back weeks of plus 10 points, 12, 12 carries for 31 yards, three catches for 54 yards. It was never really uh, Darrell Henderson's role when he was originally on the Rams. He was more of like a power back. And I know they're playing catch-up catch up football in that game, but Darrell Henderson can still seems like that Rams running back room is a solid spot. Going up against Green Bay next week, uh, on the road, it's always going to be tough on the road for the Rams, but uh, I like him, especially with the roster they have right now. Cam Akers, I mentioned in the last matchup, we're talking about Samson, Alexander Madison. He's going to be, in, he's continuing going to be involved. He rolled in for their team's first uh, rushing touchdown of the year. We're in week eight, which is just stupid. Brian Robinson is continuing going to be a matchup, matchup dependent. I guess, really, honestly, Darrell Henderson is going to be a matchup dependent guy too. But I think more often than not, the Rams are going to be in a positive script this year. They've had some absolute dud games, but I'm putting on my homer glasses right now. But I like his opportunity more um, in pluser matchups than I think Brian Robinson. Their records are probably the same, so I'm just talking out of my ass right now. But no, I like Darnell Henderson. I think he, that's a solid move, consistency in the running back room when he's got some question marks. And overall, just solid performances. DK with nine points. For, we're both off on him, so we don't really care. But there's gonna be there's gonna be a move that he's gonna make this next week. Meet the Robinsons, barring any. Uh, Buy issues. I don't know who's on buy for his team, but he had to roll out the same lineup next week. No buys. I'm interested to see how he gets DeAndre Hopkins in the mix because put out a 35 point outing like that as long as Will Levis is in the next uh, game, you're you're kind of chasing those points. Yeah, I think you have to get DeAndre in um, just because you want to see if that's going to be consistent. Um, the rest of the year, but um, meet the Robinsons goes to three and five and eighth place QB sneaks four and four still in the fourth seed. All right. Our next matchup Fitch against the notorious Notorious with a 126 to 101 victory to go to seven and one while Fitch drops another one goes to five and three um, somewhat in a little bit of a slide. I believe he's lost two of his last three. That's right. It's a couple weeks ago. Nick's first narrow victory was against Fitch um, in winning against Brian by less than another by less than a point. But um Let's head to Brian's team first, as we've kind of talked about how we believe it will be tough sledding the rest of the way unless Justin Jefferson comes back. And once again, we saw a change up in this. Um, Brian decided to take Deontay Johnson out of the IR spot, put Kyler Murray in, and hold on to Kyler to see if there's anything there going forward. Um but Deontay Johnson, the start as the wide receiver two, with a pretty good 12.5. Not too bad. The best um, performance out of a wide receiver on his team this week. Um, but frankly, that's just not going to really cut it. 12.5 out of a wide receiver. And, um, 
you know, looking at his team as well, it's just ex- super Jalen Hurts heavy. Um, everything else is kind of blah. Like there's nothing, there's nothing sexy about this team besides Jalen Hurts. Um, and you're I damn right about that, actually. Well, that's that's fair. Sorry. Um, I don't know where where he goes from here because I I just don't see a lot of that boom play by any of these players. I mean, not like this isn't that big of a deal, but 12.5, that was on his starting unit on his bench. He had KJ Osborne, but still 13.9 out of that outing. Mm -hmm. New change to the quarterback. I still feel the same about him in terms of his role in that offense. So, Um, But Deontay Deontay Johnson's definitely a good pickup. But yeah, kind of meh. Deontay Johnson would be a guy that I had a stud team and I was just missing that one flex. And I could plug him in and just be like, okay, I got it. Like that, I filled out my roster. But him as a, considering him as a potential upside, like wide receiver two on your team right now, just isn't spelling well because that offense sinks. I mean, we got 10 points. You're fighting for whatever one or two touchdowns that Kenny's going to throw in that game. Two's being generous. Most of the times it's going to just be a low scoring, high kicking fair. So, um, yeah, not inspired by, by that. I'm definitely not inspired by I, – I hate it. One thing I hate, hate, hate when I have a top end like wide receiver running back on my team, and if I'm not watching that game, I go to NFL.com, I go check the app or whatever, and I see that team scores 38 points, and then I think to myself, well, I have the best guy. Like, obviously, they just cooked, and obviously, like, they were the catalyst. And no, 7.1. Those kill me. I don't know what it is, and I know it's all anecdotal. I know uh, their success in the game isn't always in fantasy. I, but I don't know. I just look at guys like Tedrick Hill. See, they put 31 points up. That means the best guy stepped up. But Chris Olave, Chris Olave stinks right now. He just stinks. It's, I don't, and it's not a talent thing. He's just a stinky option. And it stinks because of all the optimism that that there was on New Orleans heading into the season. Uh, right now, there's a 500 team that's not capitalizing against just bad teams that they're playing against. This is obviously a plus matchup with going up against Indianapolis and that defense. Uh-huh. Even for a Saints team that have taken advantage, and they took advantage. But um, they're they're not throwing the ball well downfield, and that's where Crystal Lopez shines. Uh-huh. They're they're making they're making their impact on the ground through Alvin Kamara, and they're also making it through the air very shortly to Alvin Kamara. And when they get into these red zone plays, we talked about it uh, with Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill's in the game there, and Taysom Hill is is pretty much a run, like a run option every time he's out there. Chris Olave is not getting not getting high end end zone work. He's not getting the ball deep. He's not even getting a chance to break one off and score a big big touchdown that you saw last year. And I don't think that's going to change. It won't change with Derek Carr and his injury and him being banged up. Uh, guy that, that can stretch the field for right now is Rashid Shahid. I think that's that right. Yeah. Um, he's he's like their pseudo deep threat guy, but he's just got another like like crazy speed that they can give it to him short, and then he can get the separation. Ball's just not traveling in New Orleans, and unless 
some big injury happens and we see our boy Jameis come in there. And I know you're anytime the Saints are struggling on offense, you're always saying put Jameis in. Yeah. But um this team I don't know why, but this team likes running this offense at this capacity because they want to do with Derek Carr and Derek Carr is severely limited. And that's severely limiting Chris Olave. And um yeah, I just that's kind of the big nail I wanted to hit on his team. It's just my perception of Chris Olave going forward because I've just been watching these games like an idiot. And and if you're not getting that top end uh, wide receiver production, you're you're seeing the, almost a backslide of James Cook and, and the Bills maybe kind of shifting that offense back into a Josh Allen-centric run and having him throw the ball a lot. That's also – we've seen it plenty of times with Buffalo running backs where they just become these guys that are just – in the smallest role possible in this in this highly dynamic offense. And it's frustrating. And his team has just been very frustrating as of late. Uh, yeah. And I honestly think it, it, it's been frustrating this entire season. And I think it was just kind of getting masked from Jalen and, and Justin Jefferson, because as you were talking, I was kind of going in player by player. Uh, Chris Olave has one touchdown this year. Um, yeah, one touchdown. That was a game where he only got two catches. Uh, Deontay Johnson. Um, guess how many touchdowns Deontay Johnson has had in his last 21 games? 21 games. Well, I know he hasn't had one this year. He's been banged up. I'm going to say zero in general. Zero burger. He is not a touchdown guy at all, and that's what you kind of need for this specific team, right? We talked about team. Like I, I do believe that my team is one that can put up a consistent 120 without scoring a touchdown. Um, Brian's team is one that needs touchdowns in order to win. Um, and that's mainly because his players aren't focal point of their offense. We talked about James Cook. We talked about Deontay. I mean, I don't think Deontay is really the focal point. I'm not even sure who really is on that offense. It's just a gross offense. Chris Olave, you just talked about it. I don't think he's the focal point of that offense. Uh, DeAndre Swift, I still think it, it goes through. They, they do, of course, run the ball pretty damn well because they have such a great offensive line. But still, like, A.J. Brown is getting the touchdowns. Um, he is, you know, really – and Jalen Hurts gets the touchdowns inside the two-yard line. And then you look at uh, Zay Flowers where, you know, <coughs> that offense, when they get in the groove of running, they just focus on the running. Um, and so I just think I'm looking at Brian's team, and, and this is not necessarily a dissection of the team podcast. This is more about the, um, the matchup itself. But just kind of looking at the matchup, Brian's uh, – and I and Brian's I think is just in trouble going forward because he just does not have a lot of guys and Brian can put up 100 points and he just has to hope that the team that he's playing is just having a bad week um, because I, I do think he can get to 100 maybe 105 but that is basically if Jalen Hurts has an extremely well uh, performed game the fantasy sense and you know he gets a couple touchdowns here and there but his, his team is just not really set up for success going forward and miracles need to happen if any team thinks they're going to win a matchup against Notorious and not score a touchdown or not have these bigger sure. boom plays because uh, he has to win one twenty six. He's coming off a week where he lost me and he put up a lot of points in that matchup too. It was very close. At the end. And I know I put up 139. Um, he, he's putting up points like, and uh, in the upper echelon of points for, and he's just putting up points and he's putting up points in just bunches with his players. It's the same old usual cash. We always talk about 
Josh Allen with 29 points. Tyreek Hill with 21 points. TJ Hawkinson, 18 points. Um, Mike Evans, we talked about in the uh, Thursday night. He had 11 points. That's pretty solid. And then makes matters worse. He's starting defenses like the Steelers, gets the Jacksonville Jags, and he gets 10 points. Riley, uh, Riley Patterson, this past uh, Monday, 14 points. Like, he just gets points. And you – it's tough. It's tough. It's tough, like – Stuff like not starting guys or like thinking, hey, I need to make a trade or whatever with the guys that got you to a five and three record. Uh-huh. But you're you get kind of kind of consistent outings like this. And you start stripping away the the guys that have kind of buoyed your team. Jalen Hurts, the beginning, Johnny Swift, and like you mentioned, Justin Jefferson. And you start seeing and start appreciating just the team that the notorious crafted with just the amount of consistency and high volume like upper ceiling outputs. And um, the only reason why he didn't win this matchup more is that he's got a couple of players. Um, he's got a couple of players that are prone to these just like bottom barrel, like scraping by a couple of points. This week, two players in, in particular, Isaiah Pacheco uh, with 5.2 and Jacoby Myers with 2.4. Now, I talk a lot of shit on Jacoby Myers. And deservedly not so, but this is a second week, second week out of the first eight where he has put up below five points. So, I mean, he's had four targets in that game and only had one target uh, in this past game against Detroit. So obviously you got to get him involved because every other game, 10, 12, 10, 7, 13. I think that's obviously a, the system of the offense and obviously not the player, but no matter who you throw on a quarterback of the Raiders right now, and um, and no matter who you're going to, they're not going to get him the ball. They're just going to get blown up in that game. I believe uh, Garoppolo got sacked six times. They got brought up in the last matchup. Jacoby Myers, whether it's Jacoby Myers, Devontae Adams, and we saw it this week, both of them, they made it just not get the ball. And that's just the risk that you're going to run with Jacoby Myers, but I think the ceiling's high enough where um, you're going to get burned some weeks, and you're going to get rewarded the, we, the other weeks. Isaiah Pacheco, hopefully, hopefully, RB, this isn't RB, huh? RB two. Isaiah Pacheco, RB one. Isaiah Pacheco, um, this is five point two. Happened. What an absolute gross, gross, gross game. He had three catches, which is positive. Minus three yards, not so great. Uh, third week of the year, under ten points. Uh, every other week, besides that, you're getting high 12s, 13s, and above. But what I already know your opinion is on Isaiah Pacheco, so I don't really need to hear you tell me that this reaffirms that you think that he's an RB2. You can save that opinion next week up. Next week, he's going to be going up against Miami. That's going to be the the German Germany game, I believe. Yep. So. Wake That's kind of cool. to watch the best game of the fucking week. That's like, ridiculous. Um, so dumb. Yeah, really quick. Um, I do have some breaking news that hit Twitter in the last five minutes. Um, this is going to possibly be good for the Notorious. Both Josh Jacobs and Jacoby Myers have a new head coach. Because Whoa. Daniels has been fired and their GM has also been fired. So... Um, big news coming out of Las Vegas. 
Josh McDaniels out of there. It sounds like um, their interim coach is going to be Antonio Pierce, who used to be a Giants linebacker. Um, he oh, is man. the linebacker coach for the Raiders as of right now. Looks like he's going to be their interim um, head coach. Um, oh, got a funny text saying that he's already better than Brandon Staley, which is true. Um, so, yeah, new. Uh, we'll see if that affects anything on the Raiders. Possibly, probably a good thing for Devontae Adams, as if anyone watched that game yesterday or saw clips after, just visibly upset and absolutely hates being a Las Vegas Raider. Um, but, um, yeah, as far as a sh- uh, sorry Trey's team, Isaiah Pacheco, I thought Isaiah Pacheco would have a much better game. Um, but I will say this, I think a lot of it, a lot of his the lack of production this past weekend was based off of how the game kind of played out. Kansas City was basically behind the entire game. Um, and so they're not going to run the ball. They're not going to try to establish out the offense. Denver did a really good job of holding on to the ball too. They actually had a good amount of drives that were sustained um, and just time of possession were very uh, just heavily favored the Broncos. Um, And also with Mahomes just not feeling well, just, you know, trying to force a lot of throws um, and he turned the ball over multiple times. So I'm willing to give Isaiah one more week before I, I, uh, really um, tout him as an RB2 um, because next week he does have a good match against the Dolphins. But, yeah, when you, when you look at Trey's team, similar to last year, it's kind of a, a three-headed monster and there's like three other good players around him. This year I do feel like it's very heavy with Josh Allen and Tyreek Hill, but having guys like Josh Jacobs who you know finally had a good game, um, TJ – having a good game. We'll see going forward if uh, it sounds like Josh Dobbs, uh, who got traded to the Vikings today, might be their new starting quarterback. Um, there's also a, a backup. Um, I have his name's forgetting, uh, slipping my mind, but we'll see going forward if, if that hits a – if that's a big hit on TJ's production. Um, so we'll see from there. And, yeah, I mean, uh, Trey just finds – points wherever he can get them um and he i just feel like he rarely has weeks where his defense and kicker struggle um i feel like we rarely even talk about you know trey having a defense that gets negative points or like two or three points you know he carries two defenses and um i feel like neither have really like done a crazy great job this year you look at the Steelers ranked number six which is pretty good but the Bucks number 12 he just happens to play them at the right moment so uh it's a good fantasy manager right there but everybody else on his bench you know Tyler Lockett finally had a had a boom play let's let's do our Tyler Lockett you know what I was just looking they don't have it updated so they don't have it yet well he's boomed twice this year um and I would assume that the second and the eighth week are the boom plays mm-hmm um, and he has only busted once, and that's the first week, but still a 6.9, a 7.4, and a 5.8. To me, that's a bust, so maybe just their projections are a little wonky. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Dre just has Dre has a very solid team that's going to you know solidify himself at the top of the league um, because they're, this is just a consistent team that's going to score points. Um, there's There's going to be – very few weeks that he scores less than that 120 um, that he can consistently get. And those weeks, you know, that, for instance, even Josh Allen is on a bye. 
he can plug it in with Tua. And even, I mean, I will say this, even Russell Wilson is having a very good year this year. He's a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Um, you know, so he has good depth at those, those spots. But we'll see in, in these next few weeks when, you know, bye weeks are a little bit more um, relevant to some squads if they hurt him. But, you know, having seven wins and top of the league is exactly where you want to be. I mean, exactly, it's, it's exactly where he's always been. This guy has had probably the most, I don't know, it's the most consistent last two years, and it continues. So he goes seven and one, beating the Fitch, who goes to five and three. Match of the week, the cat, hashtag nine fucking lives. Beats out on the chipmunks. The cat goes to four and four. How do you do? Fifth place. Alvin the Chipmunks goes to three and five. Sixth place. Oh, Jake. God, this one felt great. Yeah, I will say I was uh, not necessarily like surprised that your team um, had a good weekend. I think 140 back-to-back weeks, essentially. Um very impressive, especially because you, Cameron Dicker, that last minute basically pick up and, and play got you sixteen points. Um, who was the other guy that you had? Uh, what do you mean? Or Dicker? You, you drops? You dro- who'd you uh, drop? I dropped. Uh, crap! Who did I use last week? And he sucked. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't remember. Anyway, I'll look it up. I'll look it yeah, up. Yeah, but like, um, you had a lot of just really good. Uh, performances and like solid performances and some of these guys didn't even get touchdowns Saquon ran the ball 36 times um, which is absolutely insane that poor guy after the game I'm sure he was beat but that's because the defense uh, the Giants quarterback um, Tommy DeVito uh, cannot throw the ball down the field more than five yards but you know Saquon having a very good game even Derrick Henry had more than 100 yards um, some receiving in there um and then George Kittle, not only – he didn't score a touchdown, but my goodness, every time I saw that the Niners moved the ball on Sunday, it was like a George Kittle 30-yard catch. Um, he had at least like three of those. So, yeah, just all-around solid performances by your squad. Um, and then the guys that scored touchdowns, like Jordan Addison and Jalen Waddell, showed up this week. Jordan, Jordan Addison has showed up – you know, throughout the season, um, he's definitely one of the most looked upon red zone targets in football. Um, and then Jalen Waddle, I know I, I talked my trash on Jalen Waddle last podcast, and he showed up this week. He finally showed up, seven catches, 121 yards, and a touchdown. You know, so you all your all your guys had very good performances. There's not one guy on here that had a bad week, which is exactly what you want. Even Jared Goff. I know Jared Goff only had, you know, 12 points in fantasy, but he still threw for 275 yards. Didn't get um, anything really done as far as touchdowns. Only had one and threw a pick, but still throwing for 275. They definitely tried to establish the run as the way to beat the Raiders, which is the smart thing to do. Um, so, yeah, good performances all around by your team. It was pretty close in the until the one o'clock window, and I would say until about two two thirty, when I started realizing that Lamar Jackson was just not moving the ball. Um, Travis Kelsey, um, 
uh, we'll talk about Travis Kelsey in a little bit after we we go over to my team. But uh, and I don't even know who else uh, was playing during that time, or just the kicker. But um, when I started realizing, like, yep, Blake beat me. Oh, uh, Tony Pollard was another tough one. That was another guy that I was waiting. Well, that was in the oh. ten o'clock games. I'm talking. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Two o'clock. Yeah, and where I was just realized like projections say that I'm supposed to win by ten to fifteen, but. Watching the games was a completely different thing, and I just did not feel good probably going into the second half of the 1 o'clock games where I was just like, yep, I think Blake has it from here because it just kind of seemed like Lamar wasn't going to have that 25-point game, um, that it was going to be something that he was going to struggle with. But um, props to your team for for coming back. A little bit of the Undertaker uh, gif right now with your squad. Um, hand has been raised out of the graveyard, clutching onto a um, onto a shovel. So we'll see if uh, you can keep it up. But yeah, I think there are some things to be you know excited about when it comes to your team going forward. Yeah, the final sentiment about my team is that one forty one is a lot of points, and it's really kind of ballooning off the fact of George Kittle and Jalen Waddle. Um, but George Kittle. Like, like when you watched the game, I remember started texting you towards the end because they were uh, they were getting blown out. They had one more drive, and it was just like, yeah, George Kittle, big catch. George Kittle, big catch. And, like, 20 yards. 30, like, especially with just Debo just being a dumpster fire this year and um, them struggling these past three weeks on offense, like, George Kittle's been getting a ball. I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's a positive thing. I don't know if it's like, hey, when they suck, they start throwing at George Kittle. But uh, he's definitely one of the best tight ends. And the, his biggest problem is just him not getting opportunities to catch the ball and do some stuff. So uh, I'm not expecting 19. Um, the overall sentiment, I want to say, though, about Saquon, about Derek, not how they did it, but now they're consistently hitting that projection number. I've always struggled with that this whole year, Saquon being injured, uh, me relying on Jordan Addison too early in the year, and uh, – kind of hitting the the bumps along the road. But I've always felt, even when I drafted this team, maybe not the top end, like, eyes of talents, but I had guys that I consistently roll out there, and they're getting 25 touches. They're getting 30. I mean, Saquon's a little extreme, given the situation, but he was still a guy that's going to consistently hit 12 to, like, 16. And I feel like that's what kind of killed my team early because of just them being banked up, and then them just kind of just got a lot of guys right now on that are good players on bad teams and that's just going to happen some weeks are just going to get absolutely blown out but uh i'm starting to get a little consistency and then sprinkle in some of the big uh kicking performances by the dicker the kicker and the three touchdowns i got last week Deontay foreman i've just i played guys in the right spot i've always my team stinks i still think they stink but just the last couple of weeks, me picking up Javante Williams, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt's in a plus situation right now. Everyone's banged up in that backfield. Uh, Jerome Ford was in last week, but they, he didn't run the ball. And Javante Williams has been really good these last couple of weeks. Um, I Starting out the year, that Broncos team's not going to be in plus matchups at much. Uh, but in a plus matchup, I'm excited to have Javante Williams in the mix. Still missing out on a, probably a, another wide receiver. I don't know how good Chris Goblin's going to be the rest of the season. This just seemed like the final bounce back week for him, but he his name in the game and he's consistent. He's going to continue to have it. It's just consistency in terms of uh, pass catching opportunities, 
I don't, I don't know, dude. I yeah, I, I don't want to get optimistic. I feel but like I'm optimistic. Has really taken off because you've gotten consistency on your wide receivers. I don't even think it's necessarily like Saquon has was hurt, so it was kind of hard to when your first or I guess your second round pick um, being out for a good amount of weeks, and you know you didn't hit on Najee Harris, so then you're kind of scrambling for that second running back. You didn't have a Devonte Foreman, um, you know. In week three, week four, you were kind of searching that out. But your wide receivers during that time did you absolutely no favors. You had Mike Williams, who struggled. Chris Godwin wasn't doing much. Jalen Waddle was still not doing a lot during that time. So I think with these, uh, with with having someone like Addison, and, and um, you know, Addison had a good week this past week, but the week prior, he had a better week. And then this week, Jalen Waddle really goes off, has 20 plus points. If you, you can get consistency from when you're, from your wide receiver. You have a solid team. It's just, are you going to get that consistency? That's the biggest question mark. Kirk going down, I think, is a big hit to Jordan Addison. Um, and you don't really know what you're going to get from him going forward. And we'll see if Jalen can you know, get back into this offense. Maybe this is a spark for him to really get back in because we saw it last year. But who knows? You know, Every year is different. So... Like you said, Chris Godwin, what are you going to get from Chris Godwin? That's another question mark as well. So we'll see going forward with your team. I'm still, yeah, I'm still not like super high on it, but I think that you can kind of towards the end of this year battle for that sixth spot, maybe that fifth spot, and kind of just at time, and you might be able to sneak in with with some of these bigger performances from your from your main guys like a Saquon or Derrick Henry. God, I hope it continues. And what – since I'm, I have New Orleans Saints for a mortgage, like you mentioned in a couple episodes ago, what I also continue to hope for is big games like you're consistently getting out of, out of Kamara. Yep. And you talked about – you talked about before uh, you going over kind of your matchups and you knowing uh, the Lamar Jackson game. That's the only other thing I wanted to touch on. There's no quarterback that I'm more sure of that I know how they're going to play after, like, two drives in Lamar Jackson. Like, one of those games, like, and the game we just saw, like, they scored 31 points, but as, like, a fantasy football, and I'm tracking his points, and I just see just, like, the things that he's missing. Now, these are all locked, bro. I'm not watching the game. I didn't watch this one in particular. But uh, Lamar always has a couple of those games where it's, like, and Josh Allen has them, too. Like, that game against New England, um, that game against New England, him just throwing picks. And you're like, there's some quarterbacks, they throw one pick. I'm like, all right, that was just a random pick. Like, they're not going to do that again. But like, or like Lamar, like Lamar fumbling or him throwing picks. He's had games where he's been erratic with ball. But uh, seeing, seeing Lamar kind of just like struggle to get to 11, it wasn't just like, oh, 11 – it's not like he had like 16 and then he threw a couple picks late in the game. Like he battled, it seemed like, just to get 11. And those are absolutely killer because, and I still think he won the trade between you and I, but the, pretty much the focal point being Jalen Waddle and Lamar Jackson. I still think you're currently at the better end of it um, because Lamar has been really good leading up to this week. Something with Arizona. It seems like anytime there's a game of importance against Arizona between like either it's our dynasty pick, RIP, 
or this matchup in general that that Arizona just stifles and just Lamar just sometimes has his games where he just gets stifled and like and you get weeks that are reminiscent to week one where he had six points. Week five, he had nine points. Mm-hmm. These weeks just happen with him. Yeah. Well, shout out my season long bet. Um, uh, whale unit Mega Max. Uh, Arizona under four and a half wins. Um, that's looking good so far. Would like to get like two or three more losses in there. So um, the last like five or six games, they would have to go like four and two or something like that for me to lose. But um, no, I will say this. I watched that most of that game. Lamar had seven and a half points in the first drive. Like he had, they had a great first drive, drove the ball down the field, scored a touchdown, looked great. And I was like, okay, like this is the Lamar I need in order to win. I need to build a big lead going into Sunday night and Monday night. And then it just was, yeah, it was a struggle the rest of the way. And I, and I want to say I touched on it last pod, but I wasn't really high on his rushing number this week because Arizona has fast linebackers. And I felt like they were going to do a really good job kind of containing him and making it hard for him to kind of move around the pocket, which exactly is what happened. Um, He only had, I believe it was 17 rushing yards. Yeah, five carries, 17 rushing yards. And I want to say 12 of those came in the last drive and like one one play they just needed essentially a first down and they kind of ran out and ran for 12 yards. So like I remember looking at halftime, he didn't have a single rush yard. I was just like, that's just not going to do it for Lamar because you need in order for Lamar to have a very successful week, either he has to throw a bunch of touchdowns in the red zone or he has to have 50 to 60 rushing yards. And I'm not even saying that he has a touchdown. He just has to pick up those five to six extra points. Um, now I will say three touchdowns were scored inside the five where they just handed the ball off to Gus Edwards and Gus Edwards had a great day on the ground. And Lamar could have definitely, you know, improved his numbers to close to twenty if it uh, if that kind of broke his way, but it didn't. But they still won thirty-one to twenty-four. If you're telling me that they score thirty-one points, and I don't think any of those were defensive points, and Lamar only has twelve points, then you just know that he got snake bit like in the red zone. So not too worried about him. Um, he is a frustrating fantasy quarterback to have. Because either the offense rolls through him or the offense is just solely on the ground and him just handing the ball off to one of their three running backs that they have. And that's who gets the touchdowns. But looking over the rest of the team, Alvin has been great. Love it. Tony P has been. That was a weird game because you felt like when the Cowboys are up by 20 plus points, Tony was going to run the ball most of the time. They were still throwing the ball. So I think that's more of a testament of how bad the Rams' pass defense was on Sunday because Dak just gashed that that pass defense. Um, Tony only had 12 carries. was pretty efficient with four and a half yards of carry. Um, but, you know, he, he didn't catch the ball that much um, and has still kind of struggled to find the end zone this year. He had two touchdowns in the first week, but really nothing since. Um, there are some good weeks in there with a 16, 13 and a half, and a 14. But the other ones, you know, he's never. it looks like he's never going to get less than, you know, five or four points, and that's good. But you would still like to see kind of more consistency out of him um, in the mid, you know, 12 to 15-point range. Rest of the squad, Garrett Wilson had a great game. I think he had 100 yards. Um, 
in about eight catches. I believe AJ Brown is an absolute monster. Um, it's disgusting how much of a monster he is. I I have a feeling because this wasn't. I don't think this was put up on Instagram when we made that trade. But I feel like when that trade was made, a lot of people thought that I had lost that trade because I gave up someone like Puka, someone like Raheem, um, and Nico Collins. Right, three pretty good players in their own right. I can tell you right now, I'd make that trade a thousand times out of a thousand. hundred percent. AJ Brown is someone. I would even have done it one for three, and I basically got Jerome Ford in it. Who Jerome Ford has was like a has been a decent running back, um, but AJ Brown is someone who I sought after because as Shane and I were talking about CD Lamb a lot of the time, and I was just like, you know what? I had CD last year, and there are some weeks where CD, like this past weekend, is going to win you matchups. But I know A.J. Brown is going to win me multiple, and I know he's going to be consistent. There might be a week coming up that he gets me five points, right? Of course. But there are going to be some weeks where he gets me 25 um, or even just 20 in general without a touchdown, and I'm and I'm extremely happy about it. So A.J. Brown, absolute monster. Jonathan Taylor, that was more frustrating because, yeah, Zach Mouse got the touchdown. But Jonathan Taylor, I think, had 90 rushing yards in the first half nothing in the second half. And a lot of that was because of the game script. Of course, they were down. They needed to move the ball down the field. But he had he ended up with 12 carries for 95 yards. You're looking at about eight yards per rush. He had one big run that was like 60 yards. It would have been nice if he wasn't looking at the defenders instead and just like running straight. Um, but it's nice that you're kind of seeing it slowly come together for him. Last week, I believe he had like 19 points. He had a touchdown. This week, 10 points, not the greatest, but I'll take 90 rushing yards from him every single week because I have a feeling he'll get a touchdown in there um, and some receiving yards too. But uh, looking at the bench, Mari Cooper, nice to have you know yardage from him. I still like a lot of the guys on my bench. Picked up Josh Downs. I was in a group chat with you and, and your younger brother that I need to find a spot for Josh Downs because I do feel like they throw the ball to him so much uh, yeah. consistently too, and he is just someone that, I think like a better version of like Alec Pierce last year. There was like a couple of weeks where Alex Pierce was like, like, oh, he's like, uh, they use they just use him a lot. But like Josh Downs, you know who especially I what? Go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say who I think he's a better version of is Zay Flowers. Like, yeah, I think Zay Flowers is good, but he's not someone that I would be happy with starting on a flex spot. Like, I think Josh Downs, they're pretty much similar in, in their stature. They're very they're kind of undersized and shifty and fast and, you know. But Josh Downs is someone that gets the ball eight to nine times, and he scores touchdowns, which, like, Flowers does not. Um, but last but not least is Travis Kelsey. And this was one where I just had this feeling on Saturday, I think it was, or Friday. Well, it was definitely Friday because that's when the game was. And I'm all for players, of course, having their personal lives. This has nothing. Oh God! You're gonna have this take. Nothing to do with Taylor Swift. I know what this take is. This is terrible. This guy should not be going to the World Series Friday night. Should not be going to a World Series game Friday night. Not even in the same state as the game that you're playing football in on Sunday. Not in the same time zone. I don't believe it's in the same. Maybe it is Mountain Time. No, Mountain Time, Central Time. Two different time zones. My guy, your team depends on you. You need to play and you need to focus. And I hopefully going forward, Andy Reid, he's like, you know what, dude? All for it. During the bye week, 
all for it. The, but on Friday, going into not even 36 hours later, you play an NFL game. I don't know. It's kind of like a, it was weird. When I saw that, I was like, wait, like none of your teammates, like that's kind of a strange. You're in the club after the game. You got, you know, you have champagne. You're just drinking out of the bottle. And it's like, dude, I'm all for a personal life. It's just strange that that's, you don't see that that often with any athletes. Now, they could definitely, it probably does happen. I get that. But it was just weird seeing that happen when you have a game in less than 36 hours. And I'll also say, the stats are real. I need Taylor Swift in every single Chiefs game. Home or away, I am a little nervous now that she's, I think, on tour, a European tour. She's not going to be at a lot of his games. The stats back it up. He has over 100 receiving yards when she's there, 45 receiving yards when she's not there. Um, so, yeah. So, a lot of things kind of combined for Travis Kelsey on Sunday. And this is probably one of his worst outings of the year at 8.8. Yeah, it is his worst outing of the year at 8.8 points. Um, That's still gross. Yeah, but I mean, he's a first-round pick, right? If you were to say out of all the first round picks this year, if your worst is 8.8, I don't think that's like a crazy stat for first round picks. Um, I mean, you got the Austin Eckler. He's had a couple bad weeks, I guess. But like, if you were to say (coughs) Christian McCaffrey, like your worst is 8.8. Like, that's not like a crazy thing. I feel like, I feel like Christian McCaffrey is probably his worst week is like 11 or something because he gets every single game, which is insane. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's still a stupid take on Travis Kelsey. Patrick Mahomes, 63% completion. He had his lowest rating. I like generally asking, do you ever see that? Do you ever see a guy out less than 30, like basically 36 hours before he plays a professional game, do you see a guy out partying in that moment and like not get some sort of flack or see him go off like in a game, like, like into that moment? I, I bet you it happens. I bet you it happens more than we would ever imagine. I think. I'm sure he's he's under a microscope right now. Yeah, that's going on. But it's still kind of strange because it's not like he had any affiliation to it. Like I get it if the game was like, let's say, for instance, like the Rockies were in the World Series and he plays in Denver, right? Like I get that. I really do. Like I get that he's in that city. He's probably staying over. All that stuff. I get it. It's just weird that like you went to to the Dallas. Texas to watch the Rangers play when like it's not even Philadelphia where your brother and you went to go watch a game in Philly like I get that too because you want to be associated I don't know it's just kind of strange where I was like that's a weird spot to do it like by week I get it but like you got a you got a game in in, a, in like less than you know two days so I don't know strange I don't know I was, I was trying to look up real quick to see uh I was trying to look to see like where he was from, like hometown where he was born. Maybe there's some connection. Uh, Ohio. He's he's uh, oh, okay. brother went to Cincy. So um, I don't know. I mean, they're all they're all professionals. They're all big boys. I mean, completely different sport. But you're you're getting James Harden on your favorite basketball team, and that guy can do whatever he wants. And then he still rolls out of bed and drops buckets. So James Harden has never to be a championship. He's not a he's not a champion. Mm. Travis Kelsey's well, champion. He knows what it takes. Well, he took a week off, Jake. He took a week off. and uh, Take it off, buddy. He he wasn't there for your team. Uh, but overall, solid performance. I mean, 122, that's still 
You're you're winning most weeks. You're looking across the matchups and yeah. uh, sometimes you're speaking to the number one team in points four, by the way. At a three and five record, I guarantee you that doesn't happen very often. And uh, it doesn't, it doesn't. And honestly, it's it's you making the moves that you did to push you in these spots. So you're three and five. You ran up to a buzz. You ran up against a buzzsaw, and that's the cat who went, put up another uh, 140 points. Like I mentioned, I'm in fifth place. I'm in a playoff spot, folks. I'm going to keep that streak alive this season. I'm currently four and four out in the chipmunks. Sixth place, still holding a playoff spot all that points for that's keeping you keeping you afloat um you are three and five 